After being unable to win a single game in preseason, the Montreal Canadiens go way ahead and stun the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, their new goaltender, Matt Murray. Oh boy, oh boy, what a what a move that was for them. What a what a way to start the season. As much as we are pro uh, Tang for Bedar on this podcast, uh, you're not a Habs fan if you didn't want to win yesterday against the Leafs. I've been having so much fun going on social media. Seeing, uh, I love seeing the, the post from the Leafs from before the game where they were bragging about how they're going to dominate us. It's just, it's just so nice. It's just so fun. So we're obviously going to talk about uh, the game, and uh, it's our first podcast. We didn't do one before the season started, so we'll do some predictions and talk about what we think uh, we can expect for uh, for this uh, this season. So yeah, after the dust and after the preseason we had, which was, uh, I mean, not, not I don't preseason doesn't mean anything, but you'd still rather like not lose all your games. Um, but, uh, how did you feel about that after that win yesterday? Oh man. Well, like you said, it's always, always fun to beat the Leafs, even if, you know, I think, uh, most Habs fans are just hoping that, uh, I mean, you know, I I think we're, we're looking for one of those top picks, obviously hoping we can maybe get Connor Bedard or one of the other top guys there. But, uh, you know, we want to obviously the, the young kids to, to have a good season, even even if probably as a team we're not going to do too great, probably not even going to be close to the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, we saw it last night. I mean, a lot of the kids stepped up and, and had some great games, and especially the defense. You know, I mean, obviously with Edmondson out, Matheson out, a lot of concern there. I mean, uh, I, I believe Jordan Harris was the third uh, – was the, was the defenseman with the third most uh, the games in the NHL before last night's game with 10 – and, uh, and I mean, everybody really looked looked pretty good. So it was, a, it was really a great uh, a great game all around. Yeah, I mean, after a game, a two goal performance by Cole got Caulfield and all that stuff, and the exciting end and all that. That's a good point. Like the defense is probably the biggest positive from that game. I mean, against the Leafs for that, like that defensive core, the Leafs should be able to score like six, seven goals. And it's not like Jake Allen stood on his head. Like Jake Allen had a solid game. But it wasn't anything in, in, incredible, right? It, at no point did it feel like they were dominating. And what I loved seeing first game of the year and Caden Gooley, number one time on ice on the whole team. You love to see it. Damn, I, like I think 20, 23 minutes and, and change. I mean, no, tw- pretty- twenty-two and change. Twenty-two, thirty-four. Only five seconds more than David Savard, but uh, but still, 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 he's uh, he's number one at the top there. Yeah, I mean, you definitely love to see it. Definitely did not look out of place. Um, and, I mean, I, it looks like we got a gem. I mean, obviously, it's only one oh. game. But we've known for a little while that Gooley was, was you know, probably one of our best prospects, obviously. And, and, and you know, a, a position of need, obviously, on defense with uh, with a lot of young defensemen. And, I mean, he, he looked like a veteran. Obviously, it's only one game. But, you know, you're stepping in home opener, your first NHL game against the Leafs. I mean, a lot of pressure there. And, and he, like, like a lot of the other young kids, I mean, did not look at a place whatsoever. So that, that's what's the most impressive with Cooley. I mean, he just like, they like, like you said, he's not the only one that, that looked good, but he looked like a veteran out there. Like, and it, he just, we've always, when he was drafted, he seemed like a bit of, of, a, of a safe pick. He was always like, had a good chance of making the NHL, but people didn't think he was going to be much more than maybe a top four. Then he, oh, after a few years, it was like, oh, kind of a guaranteed like three, four. And then all of a sudden, not looking like a one, two. And every single year, he seems to be getting better and better and better. And at this point, and with what we've seen of Gouli, like I don't want to jump the gun too much, but I mean, he's going to be the Canadians number one 
sooner rather than later, whether or not he'll be like a number one level defenseman in the NHL. I mean, time, time will tell, but I mean, I, I am so impressed with this kid. He looks f- so good out there and he just, he's so comfortable and everything is just, and I, on this podcast, I've talked about it since our very, very first episode. I've been talking about how we need more defensemen. I mean, I wouldn't say he's necessarily a puck moving defenseman specifically, but he's more, he's a complete defenseman. Like he can move the puck. He can do, he can kind of do everything. And just the fact that he's progressed so much in every aspect of his game since day one, I have confidence that he's just going to keep getting better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's just the beginning for him and, you know, it's kind of thrown into, you know, obviously a difficult situation. I mean, it, it was expected that he probably, well, first of all, really wasn't even a guarantee that he was going to make the NH or well, make the Habs right out of camp to begin with. And I mean, obviously he stepped up the whole preseason, Obviously, with the injuries to, to Matheson and Edmondson, put him basically, you know, is is the the top defenseman on this team, or at least on the on the top pairing. He's going to play top minutes, but you know, if if he continues to play like this, I mean, even and and again, obviously, want to temper expectations here. It's only one game, but uh, you know, even when Matheson and Edmondson eventually come back, I mean, you know, it's going to be hard to <laughs> to take Gooley take take minutes away from Gooley, really. No, exactly. I mean, I don't think he's going to – Gooley's going to play like, – barring injuries, he's playing all 82 games, I think. I mean, I, mean, I really – I don't see why they would take him uh, out of the lineup. And you just look at yesterday's, uh, like, ice time again. I mean, Jack Eye, we all love Jack Eye. He's a bit of a fan favorite, but he's probably the first one to be sent down uh, if uh, once Matheson – oh, actually, I, I, Kovacevic is the first one to be sent down. Let's be uh, – let's be uh, – uh, serious here, uh, but uh, after Kovacevic is probably Jack Iwans. It's a full defensive unit being there, but at the same time, you look at like Weidman only played 15 minutes, which included four minutes and 26 on the power play, and it's I mean, there's not much there with Weidman either, right? It's it's, it's fun watching the kids play. I mean, th- like just going back to the beginning of the game, seeing the three rookies doing that uh, that skate at the beginning of the game without the helmets, you know, the classic thing that all NHL teams, I think all NHL teams do this, where they, they have their rookies skate, do the little few laps around the ice at the beginning of the game before anyone else is there without their helmets, give them the, that first kind of big moment in the NHL. Just starting the season with three kids out there, then looking at the time on ice, seeing the kids are playing the most. It just, it's such a breath of fresh air from what's, what we've had with the Canadians in in uh, in the in the past, I mean, I know I know it's not like they're a brand new coaching staff and GM like they would they started in the middle of last year, but it's the it's our first time seeing them from from day one. It's just it's so amazing. They're not doing they're not talking about like we're aiming for the playoffs. Like they're they're setting realistic expectations, saying this season is about growth, about developing the players and all that. It's just not things we were hearing during Mark Benjamin's tenure at all. And it just it's such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it starts with those three guys, obviously, that they were playing their first NHL game last night, Gooley, Slavkovsky, and then Jackye. But, I mean, let's not forget massive games, too, from, uh, I mean, Suzuki, who's only, what, 22, 23 years old. Caulfield, who's, you know, in his second NHL season. Obviously, Kirby Doc as well. I mean, all these guys yeah. are 21, 22, 23 years old. And all of them, I mean, no, basically, I mean, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc, I think you could probably say those were the three best forwards last night. But, I mean, maybe Josh Anderson, obviously, the game-winning goal. But Kirby Doc, I thought, first of all, in preseason was fantastic. And, I mean, he last night, I thought him and Monaghan were were absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, maybe, you know, they were were definitely the second most noticeable trio out there, along with Hoffman and Hoffman, I mean. 
I, I, uh, I noticed Monahan a few times yesterday. I mean, like Monahan at this point, I mean, the best case scenario might be just him doing well and then getting moved for a pick. But it's it's a it's a great story. He's one of those players that even if he wasn't on the Canadians, you'd be rooting for him, right? Like I really hope he has a good bounce back season. And, and you're right, man. He looked he looked fantastic. And what's not to be discounted? One of the biggest issues last year is how terrible the Canadians were in the faceoff circle. I mean, that, that's huge, right? Because it affects you know time of possession and all that. And Monahan, sixty percent yesterday. Dvorak 50%, Suzuki 57%. Only Jake Evans was at 25%, so he didn't have too good of a, a game in the faceoff circle. But like adding those pieces, the forward group, it's, I don't know. Like Honestly, I still don't think they're making the playoffs or anything, but you've talked about it before. There's a lot of depth on this forward group. Like Really, like it, there's going to be a lot of fun games. There's going to be games where other teams score like six, seven goals on us, but we might answer with five of our own, you know? No, absolutely. I mean, this this forward group is, is really, really – pretty decent i mean you know yeah you have some guys like hoffman the wayne dadanov who are you know a little they they take their nights off obviously but you know even last night i mean okay now obviously they're pretty healthy right now but the wayne's a healthy scratch um well pizzetta i mean i don't think he's going to be playing a whole lot but even guys like in the ahl you have a guy like jesse alonin who probably would make a lot of a lot of nhl teams at this point and you know if, if injuries start piling up i mean he'd be a great guy to call up at some point you know there's other guys too like rafael Harvey Pinard. uh so i mean th- th- there's lots of depth there and yes obviously i mean we've always known the concern is going to be the defense but obviously especially with all the youth but i mean if if they played the way that they played last night i mean you know it's it, we're it's de- it's definitely it was a positive game for sure last night and you know those young kids definitely didn't look out of place. Well, that's the thing, right? Because we talk about bottom five, we want to finish, we want to get another top pick and all that, and you know it's easy to say that a year removed from the Canadians finishing dead last, but I mean everything that could go wrong went wrong last year, right? Like it, it was really a, a a horrible season for the ages, like maybe the worst season in Habs history. Right, but and it wasn't just the the, the roster it was there was injuries galore and like the coaching change and all that type of stuff. It would it's just it was just such a, such a bad year. And like I I don't want to jump the gun after one game. And let's be honest here, Matt Murray didn't play very well. The Leafs as a whole, I mean, I just feel like they were flat. And you see that often when it's the the, the first game of the season and, and you're on the road and they're in, the, in Montreal. We know how they love to do their long pre, like intro presentation. So you know, it, it's understandable that like a team can come out flat like that. So it's not like the Canadians played amazing, but uh, like I still think they're missing the playoffs. But I don't know if we're gonna get that top five pick. Is is was the thing that's unfortunate. It might look more like a like seven, eight, nine, ten pick. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think anyone's expecting, even in their wildest dreams, really, for the Habs to make the playoffs this year. But no. uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've always thought that they could maybe be a little bit better than, uh, than people thought. I, I, you know, I, I think they're obviously better than teams like Chicago and Arizona. And you know, again, we've talked about it before. They, they, with this offense, they're going to score a lot of goals. They're probably going to give up a lot of goals, but you know, they, they, they'll, they'll, they're going to get some wins here and there, and. You know, hopefully they don't finish too high because uh, obviously we want to get one of those good picks. Lots of, you know, it's, it's going to be a really good draft here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, what we want to see is progression from the kids. And Well, again, luckily, luckily pick. we're in a very strong division. Uh, so they're, they're they're likely going to hit a, the wall, a wall a few times. I mean, the Ottawa's, 
at this point, Ottawa's offense almost scares me more than Toronto's offense with just the way they played against us in preseason. Like, I know they were playing against, like, a lot of scrubs sometimes, but, I mean, that, that forward group looked like they were clicking against Montreal. So, yeah, we're definitely going to see uh, uh, a, a lot of losses this year. But I, I just think – I just want it to be fun like it was towards the end of the year with, with St. Louis. But I, I just don't know. Like, if I had to predict what I think – like, where I think the Canadians are going to finish this year, like, I, I just – I have no idea, honestly, because – I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs last year going into the year, but I thought they were going to be just outside the playoffs, right? Which, and then it was a just outside the playoff team that had everything that could go wrong go wrong, and then they finished last. But then at the same time, we're starting the year with a top two defense on the injured reserve, so it's more of the same with that, you know? Yeah, it really is hard to predict. Like, I still think at the end of the day, the Habs are going to finish in the bottom five, but, you know, again, with all the goals that they could potentially score with this offense, I mean, you know, they, they, they could finish a little bit higher. Again, hopefully not too high, though. I mean, you really think bottom five, though? Like, I don't know. Like, if you, because first of all, the, the bottom two is a lock, I think, for Chicago and uh, and Arizona. I mean, they're they're absolutely atrocious. And uh, Chicago went like full, full tank mode. Then Seattle, I think, I think the Canadians, I still have a better team than Seattle. And Philly, Philly got. I'm just looking at like who finished at the bottom last year. Philly got better. New Jersey is better than what they were last year. Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean Ottawa's gonna be better. Detroit's gonna be better. Buffalo, who knows with Buffalo? Anaheim's a young team. They and but they keep getting uh, their young guys are getting better. Uh, you know what? Uh, a lot of solid teams in the NHL. The Canadians might still be bottom five. We might uh, we might be lucky enough to get another year of this. Okay, that's good. I'm I, I'm feeling a bit better looking at the teams. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe they'll be like four, five, six kind of thing. You know. Yeah, I think you know. It, I mean, I don't think anyone's really going to be touching Chicago and Arizona. I think they'll, no. they'll they're going to be the worst by by a pretty good margin. But yeah, I think you know the Habs for that for you know three, four, five spot are basically going to be fighting against the teams you mentioned. I mean, New Jersey, Philly, Seattle will be down there as well. So it's uh, it's going to be a fight to the <laughs> to the end of the season. I think. Now, what was interesting, though, to me, though, to go back to kind of before uh, the game, and I don't know if it was just TVS Ball, just doing TVS Ball things and their sound mixing was bad and all that, but like we, we were watching the game together at my place. The arena just didn't sound like it was very loud for the intros, right? Like Carey Price got a nice ovation, but at the same time, it almost felt like the fans couldn't coordinate their carry, carry, carry chant. Like it just, it just didn't seem that loud. But then I, I saw people on Twitter that were at the game or on, on Reddit and all that saying that the atmosphere was crazy. So that's why I'm thinking maybe it's just that the sound wasn't coming through on, on the TVS feed properly, but I don't know the, for a home opener against the Leafs, of course, at the end of the game, people were going crazy, but even with the bad year last year, you'd expect the, the intros to be a bit better. It was almost like a lot of the fans had no idea who these guys they were presenting were. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it was just the, I mean, the, the, the audio with TVS ball there, obviously, I mean, yeah, we both don't, we both don't feel very good about TVS ball. But uh, yeah, it, it did. Like it did seem, and and I thought even during the game, like it, like it was basically like the whole crowd was was silent most of the game. And definitely a lot of empty seats in the lower bowl, yeah, at least. That's true. Like, but I mean, that, a lot of empty seats. I mean, you, sometimes you don't notice because they're all red, right? And like just uh, just like the jerseys, but there's a lot of empty seats down there. I mean, I mean, if they're still trying to sell tickets at regular prices after finishing dead last, they're they're asking for it. But but yeah, but going back to price, man, uh, that was. That was tough. That, yeah, you could see it yeah. in his 
eyes how sad he was like he just wanted to he just he just wants to play you know like if if you talk about the tanking and all that you know the fact that price is injured for the team itself is it's not the end of the world it, it helps with the cap space and all that but just the human like the, our the dream scenario for me would have been him to be able to make a comeback last year play really well and well enough for a team to want to trade for him so he could go on another cup run but just seeing him just not going out on his own terms and it sounds like he's still kind of hopeful for a possible return. And I feel like that's your worst nightmare. Cause I'm, I know how much you hate how they just, the, the constant chatter about price and like these it's, it's four or five months from now, he's going to be back on the ice and every single day we're going to get updates on Twitter about, Oh, he skated an extra inch today, you know, and, and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I, I mean, obviously, like any other Hab fan, I love Carey Price and, and, you know, wish wish he would come back. And, uh, you know, I, I would I would love nothing else and nothing more than to see him win a cup, obviously, w- either with the Habs or with somebody else. But but, yeah, I mean, that's definitely not something that I enjoy is that, you know, this this whole sort of thing. Is he coming back? Is he not coming yeah. back? Is he, is he skating? You know, I, I just find it is a huge distraction to the team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you got to think at this point, it's, it's probably over. Unfortunately, you know, he, he's not getting any younger. He's, um, 35 right now, which, which is the same age as we are, but I can barely get out of bed in the morning. You know, I can't imagine Carrie Price with his bad knees, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's obviously unfortunate. I mean, and especially the way that it ended last season, like, would you almost have rathered that he knowing, you know, that, that his career is probably over at this point. Would you have rather that he just not come back last season and, and, you know, sort of that, that last playoff run, even if it did end in the finals. That no, that, because his last game was still, because do you remember the last game he played and the interviews he was doing after he said he prepared for it as if it was his last game and all that. I feel like it gave him an opportunity to kind of do what he needed to do. So I, I I I get your point, but it's not like the the finals were were great either, you know. But uh, yeah, that's it's crazy how much that finals took out of so many players. However, I will say though, if we're talking about players that were injured and really struggled last year, Gallagher looked good yesterday. He, he had that like almost breakaway. I don't know if you saw the 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 post today where someone pointing out that on that like half breakaway that Gallagher got. In the defensive zone, when they start skating out, because I don't know if, about you, but I thought he was going way too fast for Brendan Gallagher. Slavkovsky pushed him with his stick to give him a little oh, bit, bit of a, a yeah, <laughs> bit of a speed boost. And uh, I feel like that's the only reason Gallagher got the the the, the half break away there. Uh, but but even without that, he he looked a bit more like old Gallagher. He didn't then like crash into the boards and it's like Galley, man, come on. Oh, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be careful. Your body can't handle it anymore. But I mean, I would love to see Gallagher have a, a bit of a comeback season, even if it's just like you know, score like twenty goals. And that's for Galley. That's not that many. Twenty goals, I'll be happy. Just, just to, he wants it. You can tell he wants it. You know. Yeah, I'm really not that surprised, and I, I won't be surprised if he, if he does make a bit of a comeback. Because I, you know, I, I think. The Habs, I mean, part of the reason that the Habs were so bad last year was that, you know, they had really the extremely short off season, had a lot of injuries, you know, not just Price and Weber and all that. But I mean, like the same thing with Jeff Petra. I mean, I, I think he was injured all of last season. That's why he was so bad. Same thing with Gallagher. There was other guys that were obviously dealing with a lot of injuries. 
And uh, I mean, Gallagher, you know, the way that he plays, I mean, he's always beat up basically and he didn't have the off season to get better, but obviously he had a long off season this year. So I, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be back to the, to, to the prime Gallagher that we saw in the past, you know, no, hovering around no. goals, but uh, I, I absolutely think he's going to score 20 and, and maybe even 25 goals. But it's it's not whether or not he can score that many goals when healthy. It's it's like, do you believe like I like would you put money on him playing a full season is, is the thing, right? It's like we always knew the day would come where Gallagher injuries are going to catch up to him. And it just feels like it happened like really quick. If if he can stay healthy, I feel like there's no way he doesn't get 20, right? He, he just has a nose for the net. He can get those goals. But is will he be able to stay healthy for the for for the whole season? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, obviously injuries can happen to anybody, but you know, at, at the same time, he's not necess- You know, he's he's not being relied upon the same way that he was in the past. Like when he was in his prime, scoring like thirty-ish goals, he was on the top line. He's true. That's not really his role at this point, right? He's going to be playing on the second, maybe even the third line, hovering in that bottom six or the not the bottom six, but the middle six at least. So he's not going to be playing the same minutes, you know. I, I mean, I, I definitely think he's he's you know hope hopefully he can stay healthy again. I mean, you never know what's going to happen, but uh, you know he's health certainly healthier than he was last season. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. You you could tell last season he was slow like molasses, but like but now seeing him skate now, like last season you'd see him play all season, you'd be like, oh man, he lost a step. He's so slow. Blah blah blah. But now you see him being quicker now. It's just like, so was he just playing injured all year last year? And if he was, like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, just don't play. I mean, just stop being so stubborn and take the time you need to recover from your injuries. It, it, it was clear the Canadians weren't going to play make the playoffs like 10 games into the season. There was like no chance. Like, statistically, it was next to impossible. But you know, it's just like that 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 I don't get. You know, I'd love for 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 him to be a serviceable player for a few more years. And you know, during the rebuild, it's fun to have those guys still there. It's good for the kids. It's good to have like that kind of like presence. And just also as a fan, you know, you want him to have like like I don't want another Carey Price situation where he retires before he wants to. You know. Not for sure. I mean, hopefully he can have a bit of a resurgence and, and yeah, obviously you always love to have guys, veteran guys like that in the locker room certainly helps. And, uh, you know, I mean, maybe if he, if he really gets back on form, potentially another team uh, takes a gamble on him at some point, even if I he mean, does have, it's going to be, it, he has more than a couple of years. Like his contract is, is maybe the, like it's in the conversation for worst contract in the NHL. I He's, mean, uh, if he's he scoring 25 goals, I don't know if it's still one of the worst contracts. I, I guess, I guess. But he's 30, and including this year, he's got five years left. Five years left at 6.5 million. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not going to happen. You know, so it's just uh, – let's just uh, – Gallagher's going to be on the Canadians. Uh, and, like, he would need to have a crazy research. And I think he would need to have almost, like – it would need to almost span two seasons, right? Like this year he has a good year and he continues doing it next year. And then teams will be like, oh, okay, so he's actually, he's actually back. Right. So you, cause you do see that sometimes you, we've had, we've seen players in the past where it looks like, oh, they're on the downwards spiral of their career. It's, it's it, the, things are catching up to them and all that. And then they have kind of like a second win to their career. If that happens to Gallagher, then maybe, but he has to do it consistently for teams to consider it. I think. Yeah. 
But, but uh, I mean, worst case, hopefully he rebounds and uh, and you know has fin- has a good end to his career with the Habs. No, for sure, for sure. But yeah, you were mentioning his uh, the lines he was playing on. I mean, we haven't even talked about who was meant to be the talk of, like talk of the game right yesterday. So he only played ten minutes, but his line mate Slavkovsky. I mean, of course he's not going to play that many minutes. And if you're wondering, uh, if you're a Habs fan out there that's still pissed off about about the draft pick, you still think they should have taken Shane Wright and Shane Wright played, I think six minutes in his game. Okay. So <laughs> you can, and he, he didn't look very good. So it, the, 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 we're not going to know who was the right pick for, for, for years still, but I still think he looked pretty solid uh, in, in moments. Uh, yesterday he did uh, draw that one penalty. I mean, and if that, if uh, whoever that was that tripped him, if he didn't trip him, he had a chance to score there. So you never know what can happen. Yeah. He had some, some flashes there. And I thought it was very interesting that on, on the game tying goal, he he was meant to be on the ice, but Dadanov was put out there instead of him because you know end of the game you want to. And I understand why Sandu is doing it. You know, you don't first game of his NHL career, you don't want to put him in that situation. But then they end up scoring right away, and Dadanov didn't look great on the play. So it's it's interesting because maybe if Slavkovsky, I know the Canadians end up winning anyways, but maybe Slavkovsky's there instead of Dadanov, that that goal never happens. You know, so. But uh, I don't know. What'd you make of his uh, his first game in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought, you know, obviously didn't uh, didn't jump out too much, but he did have a couple of flashes. Um, yeah, okay, he only played ten minutes, but that was definitely to be expected. I mean, Saint Louis said it before the game, you know, he wasn't going to be playing on the power play just because he wanted him to to sort of acclimate yeah. the five on five, keep his energy and whatnot. And obviously, being in your first game, I mean, you got the nerves going, you got the you know, you're you're trying to maybe maybe sometimes do a little bit too much, but no, he, he definitely didn't look out of place and. You know he's 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 playing with Dvorak and Gallagher, which which I think is is a good idea too because he's playing with two 100%. guys that are defensively responsible. So yeah, uh, defensively you know. responsible and Dvorak is maybe like I don't maybe maybe Monahan's a better faceoff guy. I'm not sure, but he's definitely one of the better faceoff guys on the team. And I actually think that's important for a young guy to have just puck possession, right? You know, just, just it, it, it'll help make his kind of shifts a bit better if he can start his shifts with with the puck. Uh, and you'd think he'd be good at like that type of game, you know, like conserving the puck, puck possession uh, with his with his big friend. I really think Dvorak and Gallagher is a, uh, and it's interesting because I don't think they played together at all in preseason, but it, it makes sense uh, to me for for to have them together. And then, I mean, like interviews don't mean anything. The product needs to be on the ice, but he's just his post game presser. He's just so great. He has like 35 microphones stuck in his face. And he's just smiling and he's just saying all the right things. I mean, it's a lot easier coming off a win in the way it ended. I mean, I'm sure his adrenaline was pumping, but just just the way he handles the media is so, so, so phenomenal. And then on top of that, I don't know if you saw, but Richard Zednick was there yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. So, I mean, so like sure one of his favorite players, I'm sure, growing up. But not just that. That's just another example of how he – like he, it's a big deal in Montreal, like because he's the first overall pick, first overall pick in a long time. Montreal's a crazy market and all that. The entirety of his home country is obsessed with him, and he uh, is their savior. I mean, if you go on the Habs subreddit, there's a bunch of like new members that are Slovakian that now the Habs are their favorite team and they're posting constantly. There's this one guy being like, "You guys are being too hard on Slavkovsky. You have to stop. He's just a kid." And everyone was like, "Yo, relax. We're just talking about it. Like, we're not like we know it's going to take time, but like they like 
he is so important that if we can tell, if he can tell for sure. And I and I saw that he had a someone translated. He had a, a, a an interview after the game with a, with a in. I mean, I'm assuming the language is called Slovakian. I'm assuming it, but and it was someone translated. It was a huge interview after the game. So like he is not only facing the media in Montreal after every game. It's like as soon as he's done facing the media in Montreal, he has to face the the, the media in Slovakia because everyone's paying attention to him. He he is like the the leader of this new generation they think they have, and he seems to be really handling it in stride. No, absolutely, and I mean, you know, he, you you like Kane Hughes basically said, or at least if you know if you read between the lines that. A lot of the reason that they, or maybe not a lot of the reason, but at least part of the reason that they chose Slavkovsky was because they felt that he could handle the pressure. Yeah. Right. And and you can see that he's, you know, he seemed a little, little bit nervous maybe last night at times, but, but like you said, even in the interview, I mean, he seemed calm for the most part, pretty collected. So that that's what you need because I mean, like you said, he's it's first of all, it's the Habs, their top, their their first their first pick, first round pick first overall pick i mean you know we've known from the past anytime to have draft anybody in the first round it's going to be no whether it's first overall or 32nd overall it's going to be the talk of the town like crazy yeah so it's yeah i mean he's obviously seems to be handling it pretty well i, I think we all knew when they when they have drafted slavkovsky he wasn't going to jump into the nhl and score 30 goals right off the bat he's he's a bit of a project despite having nhl size you know, he, he, he's going to need an adjustment period. He's going to need to get used to the game. It's a much different game. So, it, you know, it, it, a few more years, he, he's going to continue to develop into that body and grow into the body. I mean, he, he could definitely be a fantastic forward moving forward. But, you know, you can't, can't have too high of expectations right off the bat. No, for sure. For sure. And But if he keeps playing the way he played yesterday and just keeps progressing – slowly and all that and the the one thing is i just hope he he doesn't wait too long to get his first goal because i just don't want that to get to the point where people are talking about it because i know how annoying that can be but even if it does happen i always think of joe thornton it took him like something like 75 games to score his first goal was crazy like it took him like like (laughs) people don't need to freak out if that happens but uh people will so i just i just don't want people to talk about it is the main reason uh i want it to happen but i know it's just uh I, I have a, I have high hopes for him, and I, and I feel like he's gonna. He, he's like we we're saying about Gouli, like even in Montreal, I feel like he's gonna keep progressing. He, he it's not like it's, there's some young players sometimes. You know, you want you, you like seeing the confidence and all that, but they they kind of already feel like sometimes they already have what they need to have to to be the best in the league or or or, or whatever. And 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 sometimes like you like to see that confidence and all that. But with Slavkovsky, like he does seem confident, but. You can feel that he knows he kind of still has work to put in and he wants to put in the work and he kind of wants to just be uh, prove the Canadians management. Right. And he wants to represent his country at the same time. And uh, I, I have uh, I have high hopes for him. And uh, I, th- I, I like I like you said, I don't think he's going to light up the score sheet or anything this year. But I think we're going to see him constantly progressing throughout the year. It's going to be fun to watch. Exactly. For sure. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you know, it's, it's starting off again with with Dvorak and Gallagher at this point is 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 a good progression. You know, he's only going to well, he obviously only played 10 games or 10 minutes last night. You know, moving forward, maybe he'll, he'll get a little bit more, maybe eventually move up to the second line. So it's you know, it's going to be a progression, eventually get some pen, uh, some power play minutes. So, you know, I think I think St. Louis is going to take his time and. And, you know, at the at the end of the day, we just all need to be patient, which we all know for Habs fans is a lot easier said than done. 
But at the same time, I feel like this year, and a lot of this has to do with how Kent uh, Hughes is, uh, is handling it in press conferences and all that. Like, the message is clear. This is a season about develop, developing players, right? And I feel like, honestly, starting the year with three rookies plus, you know, it's three, it's more than three rookies. Like, three players played their first game plus a bunch of other players that only have, like, a handful of games in, in the NHL. It sends a clear message to even the, the, the average fan that doesn't, like, pay attention as much as we do that this is a rebuilding year. And I don't get the impression that people are upset about that or, 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 or whatever, right? Like even the average fan seems to understand that this is a transition year and it's, it's about patience. Like I'm, I'm hopeful that Habs fans are going to prove that they know their hockey and that they know that this is, this is a season about the future more than anything else. And we're not going to have too many, too many people going, going too crazy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and it's really, I think the first, like obviously the Habs in our lifetime have had, a handful of pretty bad teams, but this is the first time that really sort of the expectations are set that, okay, this is, it's going to be a rebuilding year. They're young. It's, it's yeah. not going to be, it's, it's not always going to be pretty this year. And, you know, I mean, just that, you know, it's basically going to be this year. And, and I think hopefully the Habs can, uh, can maybe be a little bit better next year. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think those expectations are set. And, and like you said, I mean, you look on Twitter and Habs Twitter is usually a little crazy, but everybody seems to, to, to be buying into the, to the rebuild. And, and I mean, you, you can see it on the ice with the kids that we have with, with all the, the prospects, the potential that, that a lot of these guys have. I mean, we're finally doing it the right way. Yeah. Not 100%. like, you know, some quick sort of patchwork rebuilds, uh, quote unquote rebuilds that maybe we've seen in the past over the last decade or so. But we finally seem to have a plan. And, you know, it, it seems like Kent Hughes is really, you know, following through with it. So it's, it's exciting. And and it's, it's especially the defense is what makes me excited, excited the most that we actually have guys like with Harris and, and Gooley and. And Jack Eye to a certain extent too that like I can be a young defenseman I can be excited about I feel like it's been it's been it's been a while for for that and it's been sorely sorely lacking but after all this talk I mean we haven't even talked about uh, Paul Caulfield and Nick Suzuki I mean see see that's the thing that's the thing if if you look at the Ford Group all the depth they have if that then you add on top to that Cole Caulfield who's to see he can't have a forty goal season you know like. He's on pace since Saint Louis joined. He's on a 50 goal pace. Yeah. And uh, so so far this season, he's on pace for 164 goals. Yes, yeah, so Dustin. Everyone's made a joke already. <laughs> I made it. First. No, but, I, made, I made that joke last. You, night. you, you, you made it first. Yeah, before you, no one else had thought about it, and then and then you said it. No, but it's it's it, it's actually crazy. If you look at the stats on NHL.com and you just look at since. February 10th, 2022, which is when uh, St. Louis joined the Canadians. Caulfield is fourth in goal scoring. Yeah. Matthews yeah, is first, then it's Kaprasov, then it's Lindholm, and then him, Robertson, and Tage Thompson are tied for, for fourth. Like, he's ahead of Dreisaitl and McKinnon and players like that. Not that I'm saying he's better than those guys, but that's that's absolutely insane. And you, you, you add a 40-goal scorer, you know, even if it's a 35-goal score, to the depth we, the, the Canadians have on offense. I mean, this... At the very least, this is not going to be a boring team this year. And and like I said too, like Nick Suzuki, he made that one bad play on the on the I think the second goal where I mean they they talked about it a lot on TVS well and, and and which was fair because he uh it looked very bad, but it was only his second game because he was injured most of preseason. 
but then he bounced back and had a great third period. I mean, set I mean, set up the last goal with the help of uh, of Jake Muzzin, of course. But uh, I mean, both of them, they're going to be fun to watch all year. And and Josh Anderson looked great on their wing. That's it's going to be a fun first line all year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you want, obviously we want to see continued development from those, well, especially those two, Suzuki and Caulfield. And I mean, if they can uh, hopefully keep playing like that, I mean. Imagine watching those two play and eventually Slavkovsky, maybe even on the first line, playing for the next like 15 years together. Yeah. But, uh, so that's, that definitely definitely warms your heart as a Habs fan. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, I mean, it just, I, I feel like we're, we're maybe a little overly excited after that, that, that great first game. But I don't know. I think, I think it's going to be a, f- a fun year. It's going to be a fun year. Uh, and even if like they end up finishing like something like seven or eighth last. We're going to see progression in the kids, uh, progression on defense, and 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 all that all, all all that good stuff. I just I would like to stop seeing so many injuries. Uh, that that would be nice uh, because I, as much as we joke that the injuries helped us get the first overall pick, which they, which it did, but like let's not like discredit how like these injuries can have like long term effects on players. It can affect progression and all that. So if we could stop getting so many injuries, that that would be that would be swell. But uh, yeah, aside from that, only only reason to to be positive, really. I I think you know it's it, it, I feel better about the team now than than I felt about the team that was doing the cup run, right? Because like the cup run team, like I knew it was a, like it was amazing, right? But it was a flash in the pan, right? Like the, the team was better because like Price was playing well, Weber was still there, Dano was still there, and all it was a better like team on paper, even. But it, we we knew they weren't that good. Now I feel like this team could eventually become much better than that team ever was, and they made it to the final. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it's, especially if they get a good pick this year. I mean, I think I think the Habs are really like legitimately two, maybe three years away from being yeah. a solid, solid contender. I mean, with some of the some of the young guys that they got. I mean, and they, and this group is just going to continue to grow to grow together, right? So that's why you know, I mean, they might not win a lot of games this year, but as long as we can see that progression from some of the kids, I mean, that that that's what's going to make it a positive positive season. We just need uh, Kate and Primo to figure it out, or I guess we'll, we'll we're going to end up like the Leafs and just like switching goalies every year and not able to find a, find the right fit. But uh, I saw your uh, your tweet today because I mean, for those that aren't aware that maybe haven't always uh, listened to the Habs forum, uh, I do not take care of the Twitter. Uh, that's uh, that's Dustin. So if he says anything stupid on there, you can blame it on him. <laughs> uh, so I, I saw you had a bit of your 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 hot take predictions there. Uh, so, 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 like, what, what are your, what are your big predictions for the Canadians this year? We talked about where you think they're going to fall in the standings and stuff like that, but what, what's the, the, the biggest prediction you want to put money on right now? Well, well, I mean, I actually made these predictions right before the game yesterday. Um, I mean, actually, I even forget what, all the, all the ones that I put, to be honest with you, but uh, I mean, I think, well, one, one that I, that I put was the Ghoulie would be a finalist for the Calder. I mean, I think, you know, it, and, and we saw it yesterday. I mean, obviously, again, only one game. But if he continues to play yeah. at that level, uh, you know, if he if he's I, I definitely think he's a guy that could put up 35, 40 points potentially. Um, you know, he's a guy that maybe could get a little bit of power play time at some point during the season. Obviously, he's going to be on the PK, potentially playing top minutes, depending on obviously how long Edmondson and Matheson are out. Um, you know, if, if he continues to put up decent numbers, plays 25-ish minutes a game. I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't be in the conversation. Obviously, I mean, it, you know, I think Matty Beneers is, is probably going to be the one that wins the Calder at the end of the year. But, I mean, I think he'll at least be in the conversation. 
So I think I think that's that's definitely one thing. And, and you know, one of the other things I said was uh, that both Doc and Dvorak were going to hit 45 points, 45 plus points. I mean, you know, I I think Doc he he really just needed to change the scenery. You know, he he got off Absolutely. to an amazing start. You know, when he eight in it, uh, I believe he was 18 years old. His first season that he played in the NHL, he was off to an amazing start. Went to the World Juniors and ended up getting hurt in a in a pre-tournament game there and really unfortunately wasn't really the same after that but we saw it in the preseason we saw it again only one game the last night we saw it as well i mean he's he's got a a ton of potential so you know once once he gets a little bit bigger gets a little bit more used to used to the system i mean i definitely think he could put up 45 points no for sure and i feel like he's almost like the forgotten like young guy on the on the the canadians right like it's 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 basically like they, they replaced Kotkaniemi, right? Like the, they replaced that that young player that maybe needed a bit more time to to progress by going and getting getting Doc. And I feel like we don't hear people talk about him that much. I, like I, I was visiting my parents, and I I think he came on the screen. And my dad had no idea who it was, and my dad is a very much a a uh, he, he, he like he watches all the games, but he has no idea what's going on with the team, kind of thing. You know, he's like an more of an average fan. But uh, like I I feel like he might surprise a lot of players. This. Uh, uh, the Kirby Doc for for sure. But to go back to the Caden Gooley uh, Calder talk, y- did you did you notice though that both Manny Beniers and Mason McTavish had two point games on their first games? I mean, it's only one game, but it's uh. <laughs> I, know, I knew Beniers had uh, I knew Beniers had a goal and assist last night. I didn't know Mason McTavish did. Yeah, two two assists for uh for McTavish, uh both on the power play if I'm not mistaken. Also, so uh. I mean, it's uh, it doesn't mean they're gonna, you know, it's one game. Like, who who knows what it means? But like, those are probably the two guys that are that are favorites to to be the the, the thing with Gula. Like, I'm not even saying that like, being on the conversation. I think I I agree with you, but it's just defensemen like Gula, unless he has like a crazy offensive production year, I feel like they don't get talked a lot about in uh when it comes to like Calder voting, they don't get talked about that much unless it's a really weak year where there's no players putting up any points or anything like that, you know, but if you have a situation where Beneers and like McTavish are like going head to head, scoring a bunch of points, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be talking about like the, the solid defenseman in Montreal, you know, like, especially considering like Caden Gooley can have an incredible year and still end up minus 30, you know? Yeah. And true. plus minus is a stupid stat. Don't get me wrong. But people will use that as an argument. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I, I was going for the bold predictions, you know. <laughs> no, for <laughs> sure, for sure. One, but, you know, uh, yeah, obviously they're off to a good start. And, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, th- th- there's obviously a couple of other good rookies as well. I mean, Owen Powers comes to uh, yeah. comes to mind as well. So it's, And it's every year there seems to be one rookie that comes out of the blue, too, that no one really expected to be that good. And then all of a sudden he's in the conversation. But uh, yeah, so that that might be wishful thinking. But uh, well, the first one that I put was Caulfield scoring 35 plus. I think I think that's off to a pretty good start. I mean, like I wouldn't even give you odds for that. Like I feel like there's a better chance he does that than he doesn't. Like if he stays healthy, plays 82 games, I don't see how he doesn't score 35 goals. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a guarantee. 35 goals is still 35 goals, but I mean, I'm just saying he he just. He's accidentally he could score twenty five goals, you know, by barely trying. Like, <laughs> it's it just like like I like, like don't get me wrong. Like clearly, uh, Matt Murray has no glove side. Like this isn't new. Matt Murray's like has a history of having a terrible, terrible, terrible glove. 
and literally every single i'm pretty sure every single goal the canadian scored yesterday was on his uh glove side so it's not like yeah, he scored on some elite goaltender yesterday but man he's he's that guy like I, I it shocks me every time how this tiny man can like shoot the puck so hard but it's just like 35 goals just if he stays healthy it just honestly feels like a given it feels like a given it really does yeah well yeah i mean you know it's, it's especially with scoring two goals in the first game and yeah we we all saw it the last uh, the last you know half of the season last year um so yeah i mean uh, he should definitely be able to hit 35 maybe even 40 and uh, who knows maybe even uh, at some point in the conversation for the um, rocket richard trophy that'd be pretty awesome oh man that'd be like that, that like his last year we were hoping we'd get the at, the at the beginning of last year like when we were doing these previews I don't know if you remember, but like we, neither of us really expecting much from the team, especially like as injuries started to already happen in preseason. But the one thing we're excited about is Cole Caulfield being in the Calder race, and then Cole Caulfield <laughs> didn't do anything for the first like 30 games of the season. So if uh, he could replace that with uh, with a Rocket Richard race, I mean, I I don't think he's going to be scoring as many goals as uh, like uh, Austin Matthews or anything like that. But uh, I mean, I think if if he hits 35 and and 40 is not even that crazy. Like if I could get good odds i'd put money on him getting 40 like for sure yeah no i, I definitely think it's realistic you know as long as he stays healthy again i mean uh, you know the the whole the habs really have at least three lines that can score so yeah i mean uh especially with suzuki i mean yeah I, I definitely think he could put up 35 40 goals maybe even more and uh so what one of the other ones that i put as well okay so i also put Habs. we're going to finish bottom four i think most people can agree with that obviously not a bold prediction uh, but the other one that I put was Monahan was going to bounce back, and uh, and the Habs would trade him at the deadline for a first round pick. I mean that that would be wild. That 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 would be such good asset management uh, if uh, if they could get a first round pick for him. But uh, you never know. You, you get you a first know. round pick. You get a first round pick from Calgary to take him. Just yeah, for that's nothing. true. And yeah. then you trade him for another first round pick. Uh, that would yeah. be amazing. And I, I, mean, I definitely think it's possible. Oh, it, I think I think it is too. Uh, it's, it's whether or not he, he, once again, like we said, like I said about Gallagher, it's like if he can stay healthy and kind of keep it up and all that. And but uh, I'm rooting for him because the thing with Monahan too is before he had all these injury issues. One of the big thing about Monahan, it's not like he was ever like a hundred point scorer or like putting crazy stats, but he was incredibly consistent. He, he always, always would put up like the same kind of amount of points and he was always he would always show up for games and, and, and all the very consistent players. So if if the injuries are behind him, I, I wouldn't be that surprised if he does. But and the, the type of game he plays, if, if his, the offense is coming back a little bit, he's, he's great on the face off circle. He'd be like reliable in both zones. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you have a lot of teams uh, uh, asking for him. But I mean, now that you mentioned trading players at the deadline, I, I want to talk about our boy. Who we were so happy to see live the cup last year, Lekkanen, starting the season with three points. How much do you think Lekkanen is going to explode this year in Colorado? Ah, uh, man, like we we all we saw it from the beginning that he had potential. I mean, I think he scored 18 goals his first season. Yeah, like he's always had that that potential for whatever reason. He just ended up being more of a defensive forward for the Habs, an, an, an amazing defensive forward, but never really had that scoring touch. But obviously playing with some some extremely talented players in in Colorado. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't I don't know that Lekkinen is going to score 30 goals, though. 
Uh, I don't know how much you're thinking, but you know, I, I, I could see him score in 2025. The thing that is excited for exciting for me, like if looking at Lekin and he's, he got all those points on the power play. Okay. So, 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 so I pulled up the power play unit he's pu- playing on right now. Okay. It's Valerie Nishushkin, Miko Ratnan, Lekinen, Nathan McKinnon, and Kale McCarr. It's a pretty solid Is there guy. a better situation for Lekinen to rack up some points? I, I, this is going to be a career year for Lekinen. And I, I, like, I don't know about like, how many goals he's going to get and all that, but like, he's gonna get, I think he's going to get 60-plus pretty easily. And he's going to rack up the power play points and all that. It's just uh, – and, and, and like – how can you I love Lekkonen? Love Lekkonen. It makes me want to watch more Colorado games. I'm I'm, I'm definitely happy for him. So it may, maybe they can go repeat uh, this year. And as long as the Leafs lose and maybe a uh, former Habs wins, I'll be happy. Did he like was Lekkonen ever even on the power play with the Habs? I, don't think, I think I, don't I think no. I feel like he they they kept trying him there. He like he wouldn't, wouldn't he get like a bunch of opportunities but never would score. Like, I feel like he he was there sometimes. Uh, maybe sometimes, uh, but obviously there's a big difference between playing with Nathan McKinnon and Kale no, McCarr yeah, and playing yeah, with Josh McCarthy. Anderson and Chris Weidman. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, wait, I'm pulling it up right now. So in Montreal, so yeah, so now he had three, okay. He had three power play points, uh, on his first game in the season in Colorado, uh, the, the, this year. And in Montreal, his first season, he had four power play points. His second season, he had four power play points. No power play points for four, three seasons in a row. Then one, one power play point his last year in Montreal. So uh, he's uh, he's already almost has more power play points in one game than he had uh, in one whole season his entire time in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. So he's, yeah, I, I think I think the change of scenery did did like him pretty. Yeah, I mean he always already, already got his cup, and now he's gonna. I mean, like we're not always like I'm not always rooting for former Habs when they move on. But uh, I mean, he he gave us the greatest goal in our kind of Habs fans' lifetime. So oh, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 always gonna I'm going always gonna root for for Lekkonen. So it was, it was great to see. It's only one game again, but uh, it was great to see for sure. Yeah, no, definitely be cheering for. I mean, he's always one of my favorite Habs when he played when he played for us. So. And you know, all every like, there's been a lot of talk that oh, I can't believe Kent Hughes made that trade. But at the at the end of the day, I mean, I think. Everybody really won in that trade. I mean, both it, it was, you know, it, okay, we lost, uh, we lost Lekkinen, but Baron, okay, maybe he hasn't quite panned out so far. I mean, he he did have an injury last year. I know he's he's starting the season in Laval, but he's still a guy that has a lot of potential. Right-handed defensemen are definitely something that's sorely miss or sorely needed in our prospects. Cupboard, and uh, you know, got a second-round pick for him too. Because I, I I really don't think it was a bad trade for the Habs. Um, and Lekkinen, you know, I, I don't think he was ever going to score 30 goals for the Habs either. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's perfect situation for him. No, yeah, I don't think it was a bad trade uh, at all. I, th- I think I think Barron will be will be OK. He maybe just needs uh, let's not forget he got injured at the end of last year and all that. And it, you can only have so many defensemen on the blue line at once also. And and Jack, I really earned his spot, I think, with the, with the camp uh, he had if anyone was going to get a shot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at that trade at all. I think I think the trade was fine. Was uh, he, he had to move on and ha- happy that he got success in in uh, in Colorado. But uh, all right, I mean, before we uh, we stop here, might as well uh, like we used to do this more. I feel like we didn't do it as much last year, but maybe it's just some predictions 
for the next few games. So next three games for the Canadians are playing tomorrow. So playing on a Friday, Canadians really playing on a Friday. So in Detroit, and then back to back next day in Washington, and then again on Monday playing back home uh, in uh, against Pittsburgh. So I mean that that's a, that's a pretty crazy span of games when you think about it. So at home, then one day off in Detroit, right away in Washington, one day off and back home to play at Pittsburgh. Um, we might get those losses we want to to go for that bottom pick. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they're gonna lose all three games. All three games. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know Detroit with the home opener. You know I'm gonna say Ben Sherrod's gonna score the uh, score the game winner for the day for Detroit. <laughs> and then I mean against the cap like three. You know I mean they're playing the Capitals the next game and then Penguins the next day. Yeah. You know. So it's uh yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, I think I think they'll they'll be competitive. I mean, especially against the Red Wings, of course. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they'll probably lose all three games. Yeah, the, the Red Wings, though, are, are kind of like they're, they're like the Canadians, but a few seasons ahead of the Canadians, right? Where they're they're a bit further ahead in their in their rebuild process. But I mean, looking at it too, I I think they lose all three too. But I'll, I'll give him this: they lose one game in overtime. They'll get that one loser point just to just just right. just to yeah. feel a bit better about themselves. But yeah, I mean, like uh, Washington again. Set two games in two nights is going to be difficult. Molton Bull is probably going to get lit up in that game. Oh, and then yeah, uh, watch, watch, watch point. him get a shutout. Watch him get a shutout. No way. And, uh, There's no way Molton <laughs> gets a shutout in a back-to-back against Washington. There's zero chance that happens. I, it's more likely he lets in like seven goals than he gets a shutout. I was, I was actually going to say that. I was going to say they're going to lose that game like seven to three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something, like, something along those lines. Uh, if those three goals are all Cole Caulfield, I'll be happy. You know, the two Cole Caulfield, one uh, Slavkovsky. So that's a, see, that's the thing. If the Canadians lose 7-3 against Washington, but Cole gets two goals and Slavkovsky gets like his first career goal, I'm not even mad at the end of that game. I'm like, all right, that was a fun game, you know? Okay. Oh, for sure. For sure. But at, the, at the end of the day, man, like, you know, we're, we're going to win some games, but let, let's be honest here. We all just want Connor Bedard. So, I mean, I'm not even if the Canadians finish dead last, I'm assuming they're not winning the lot. Like, I feel like Bettman will do everything he can to make sure the Canadians don't get the first overall. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to start focusing on, on the other uh, other prospects and just assume that we're not going to get first overall. Uh, fair. But anyway, any really anyone like in the top pretty much like top seven or eight is going to be a, yeah. an awesome pick for the Habs. So I was disappointed anyway, though. Cause we're the, ahead of ourselves at this point, the, the, <laughs> the Slovakian, the Slovakian guy, which I was kind of like hyping up because I thought it'd be funny picking up the Slovak had a terrible world junior. So he, he kind of, well, but you know, it's like you said, yeah, we're getting he's, ahead he's, of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's went down the, the mock drafts a little bit. All right. Anyways, I think that, uh, that, that does it for, uh, for today's episode. I mean, a much more positive, uh, first episode than I expected. If if the Canadians only win against the Leafs all year and lose every other game, I'll be like, you know, they only beat the Leafs and the and the Bruins, losing against everyone else. The whole that'd be per- perfect season if, in uh, in my book. So, <laughs> well, we're gonna try and be a bit more consistent. Probably maybe uh sometime next week we'll we'll put out another episode as always at the Habs Forum on the on Twitter to to know uh, when the next episode drops and you know if you want to ask us some questions we're uh, as you maybe you can tell, we don't always know what to talk about on the podcast. So we love your uh, your help with uh, with subjects to talk about. So uh, throw us your questions there. And uh, yeah, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.